0: Yeah. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, uh coming to you from my office in uh, New Athens, Illinois.
1: And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark uh, coming to you from my office as well, John. My pastoral study right here at Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis.
0: And Matt, I, I had I had this great idea. I just want to ask if you think this isn't the most wonderful idea I've ever come up up with. What if we would take two? of the world's Bible experts, okay, and ask them to take all of their scholarly acumen and all of their vast uh, knowledge and the practical application of the Holy Scripture and give them one passage for them to study and uh, declare on together. Don't you think that would be a great idea, Matt?
1: Now that's something that I would listen to, John. That is a great idea.
0: Well, sorry, you're out of luck, because <laughs> because all <laughs> I oh got, all oh I got is you and me. <laughs> but but that. That's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, you and I are going to take the same Bible passage and, and, and try to do the best we can to explain it, because I don't even know what scholarly acumen is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we,
1: we might be in trouble, John.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so dear listener, just so you understand uh, what's going on here. And, and Matt, I don't know, do, you, do you want to explain how it is we came to, to do this particular episode where both of us are focusing on the same Bible passage? Because usually one or the other of us, takes the lead in whatever yeah. we're doing on wwb yeah. so uh,
1: yeah sure so yeah what we do yeah with with reference the basics a lot of the time the material we use is is things that we've given some thought to believe it or not <laughs> and uh, <laughs> given some study to and that's the case that that happened recently so uh john and i both preached on the same text recently from the gospel of luke chapter four and you know as you prepare a sermon you give it some study right you know Uh, You give some thoughts, some prayer, you you research the original languages, you might read some commentaries, um, and you put some work into it. So
0: we usually try to then share. Hold on a second. So so maybe you just should do it yourself. (laughs) If that's what's involved. I didn't know that's what's involved in preparing a sermon. (laughs) Well, usually,
1: John, I don't know. What's your process, John? (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: I usually just copy out whatever I can find from one of the commentaries. But uh, (laughs) yeah. Okay, anyway. Sure, oh sure,
1: sure. <laughs> you no, know, you put a lot of thought in your sermon yes, prep. You're yes. not fooling me, John. You know? uh, um, but yeah, you're, so anyway, to, to use some of that, what we've been enriched by in our own study, hopefully and then uh, share here on the radio too. So uh, like I said, we recently preached on the same text. So we thought, well, well, maybe we can both talk about the same text and uh, let's see what happens. So share some insights, a little give and take, a little back and forth. Maybe we can teach each other some things too. And uh, hopefully the listeners will benefit as well
0: and 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 you know this because uh, you're getting to be not young blood anymore you you've been doing this for a while <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah and it's funny you know because I, I did it for over 40 years and you would think uh, after a while it would be the same thing but but it seems like every year you come back to a scriptural story and there's something different, something that was really really important and you're wondering how did I not see that? The first time through, so I'm kind of excited to see where the Holy Spirit led you uh, to preach to your people, and uh, we'll uh, share uh, what because you know you're you're doing this every week. I, I got called in uh, because we have a vacancy here in in uh, Olive Branch, in uh, Illinois. Yeah, uh, sure. And it just happened we were preaching on the same Good. text. So, what tell people what the story is we want to talk about, and then we'll we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, you got me beat, John, with your forty-plus years. I'm I'm almost at fifteen, almost. So uh, you're still you're still the senior man here in terms of years, for sure. Um, all right. Yeah. The the text here is uh, Luke chapter four, and this is this account where Jesus is rejected in his hometown of Nazareth, and so we hear what takes place uh, in the synagogue there. And then what takes place outside of the town, too. <laughs> uh, things start out pretty well, but then they, they turn bad pretty quickly. So that's our text.
0: So let me ask you a couple of questions before we begin, Matt. Was there anything about this story that you found particularly challenging? You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes yeah. you read a Bible story and oh, I know exactly. I, I can see where that applies uh, but was there anything in this story that you found particularly challenging? Because that's what, that's what we do. We, we don't want to just give a Bible story. We want to take a Bible story and show how it applies to our people's lives.
1: Yes. So I think for me, uh, sorting through what is it that really ticks off the people oh. of Nazareth. So Jesus says some things. He makes some bold statements. Uh, but what is it that finally... Pushes them over the edge so much that they want to push Jesus over the edge, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, you know, at the end of the text, they want to—they're ready to push Jesus off a cliff. All right. Uh, so, what is it that drives them to that point? Because again, he says a number of things. So, so what is it that really fuels that? And uh, that—that's something that I think, you know, I wrestled with, and in the end, I think became uh, a, a central part of the message, even.
0: And, and you know, see, it's, it's cool how the Holy Spirit works. And, and, and I hope people understand that, that actually a, a good sermon doesn't come from any man, from Matt or from John, but really is the work of the Holy Spirit through them. Because, see, now, I didn't dwell. In fact, that's the part of the text that I left out. When when I was dealing with well,
1: perfect. it, perfect, good. Well, between the two of us, we we'll have a complete it, sermon. John.
0: It, it <laughs> should <laughs> work because yeah, my for me, the, my focus was upon the fact of, of what it was uh, that that offended Jesus, oh, not okay. what's, what offended okay. the crowd. So this yeah, this perfect. should work out pretty good. Yeah, perfect. yeah. Okay. Um. Well, do you want to read? You want me to read?
1: Uh, I can get it started. Yeah. Okay. Let's All uh, right. Let's start with uh, chapter four, verse sixteen. Uh, here we go. Uh, well, just to set the scene, John, ah, uh, real yeah. quick, So, n- not a whole lot has taken place, you know, in terms of Jesus' public ministry. Um, you know, before this, we have his baptism, certainly, in the Jordan. We have his temptation in the wilderness. Uh, he begins his ministry, and then really not long after that, it seems, he returns to his hometown of Nazareth. So that's where this, this account picks up.
0: And, and Matt, now that you brought it up, I didn't, not to interrupt you, but see, that's what puzzled me about the whole story. Because if you go to the other gospel writers, when they begin the ministry of Jesus, it's all a thing of success, right? They talk about how he preaches the gospel and heals the sick and does miracles. And I thought it was interesting that Luke actually starts off with a failure. <laughs> you know, the with ministry rejection. Begins, yeah, with a colossal failure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if, if, if I would preach a sermon and people would take me uh, out to kill me, I would probably say, that probably wasn't as good a sermon as I thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Going to take you out to the Kiskaskia River, John, throw you in, let the Asian <laughs> and, carp...
0: <laughs> yeah, let him, sorry, any number of, of times you. they wanted to do that, Matt. <laughs> so, all right, I, I'm sorry, go ahead and read as okay. far as you feel like you need go. to read. All yeah.
1: right, okay. Uh, so, so verse 16, And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written. And then Luke here quotes Isaiah and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor
0: so what did you what did you say about that, or did you say anything about that Matt since your focus was really later on why uh uh you know what what well, set I said
1: I think there's some insight in, in again into the context this is the the hometown crowd, okay, so uh, again, Jesus born in Bethlehem, right, a little town of Bethlehem near Jerusalem, but he grows up in Nazareth, so this is his hometown that's where Mary and Joseph even came from to get to Bethlehem and so he goes to the synagogue there, uh, Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. So I, th- I think this is just kind of a, a cool scene to set. Yeah, so this might have been the synagogue that Jesus would come to and worship in as a child uh, during his years of, of growing up. Uh, you know, so so just trying to picture that today. You know, in our context, maybe Mary and Joseph. And their usual pew they sat in with oh, little yes. Jesus. Yes. So, so this is you know he knows the people. Okay, he knows the the greeters at the door. He knows the ushers. He knows the the uh, the, the the lady that sings off key during the hymns. <laughs> um, this is this is the hometown crowd, right? And so, not only does Jesus know them, but they also know him, right? Uh, they know that he is the son of Mary and even the son of Joseph, so it seems, um, there in Nazareth. And so, again, this has set the scene, this is the hometown crowd. And I think, too, that's a kind of a neat detail, too, that he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. I think that's a neat insight, too, that, yeah, growing up, this is what he did. Uh, this is what Jesus did throughout his ministry. It's his custom to go to the synagogue, to hear the word. Uh, and I think, you know, just as an aside for us, too, uh, Their reminder of the, the third commandment, right? To, to remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy, uh, honor it, and we too—that should be our custom. That's what we do. That's that's who we are. We we should go to worship too to hear the word. Uh, that's what Jesus made a priority, and certainly that should be a <laughs> top priority for us too. Uh, so, just s- some things to kind of set the scene here, John.
0: And and you know, I see it's interesting how how uh, even though there are differences. Uh, There are also things that were all drawn together. I I actually didn't preach about that, uh, as was his custom. But as I was looking through my notes, ironically, after I had preached and I I noticed, yeah, I I made that same point about the regularity and the faithfulness. And again, a third commandment application. That's what what we're supposed to be doing. And that was what uh, Jesus was doing. And I suppose uh, it could be said he was doing it because he knew we wouldn't all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, fulfills that perfectly, yeah.
0: Exactly, fulfilling the law in our place. Uh, the other thing that I'd noted in this opening thing that I'd never realized before, I always assumed that this was just one section from the prophet Isaiah where he unrolls the scroll and he starts talking about the good news and the liberty and the sight to the blind. But it's actually a couple of sections uh, from the book of Isaiah. He's actually preaching from a, a, a different portions of the book of Isaiah. And I also thought it was interesting that these are essentially the same words he gives to the John the Baptist disciples when they come and say, you know, are you the one or should we look for another? And he also quotes uh, the, this portion of Isaiah. So, um, and, and I suppose before we leave it, it is a pretty remarkable prophecy, isn't it, Matt? Uh, that good yeah. news is going to be preached oh, to yeah. the poor. blind are going to see, people that are captive will be released, and the year of the Lord's favor that that that's what he's proclaiming. And obviously, messianic prophecies all uh, and you and I, of course, would know immediately. Well, yeah, this is Jesus. He is the fulfillment of all these things. Uh, So any other thoughts about those verses, Matt?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, so far, nothing unusual is happening, right? Yeah. So this was this was a common practice where yeah, the, the Hebrew scriptures, you know, we call them, we call it the Old Testament, but the Hebrew scriptures, that's because that's the only scriptures they had, right? New Testament wasn't written no. yet. So the Hebrew scriptures were read publicly and then people would make comment on it, you know, a teaching from it. Okay. Um, so, so far, this isn't unusual for someone like Jesus to to read from the scroll, to read from these Old Testament scriptures, these Hebrew scriptures, and, and uh, to do that publicly. So, you know, so far, so good. But, you know, for you and I, I think the the neat insight, too, is these words of Isaiah were written 700 years earlier. And, you know, guess who is behind inspiring these words? (laughs) Well, Jesus, the Lord. So, you know, Jesus, the word made flesh, for crying out loud, is up there reading the written word from Isaiah. And God himself is the one who inspired those words. Um, So, you know, Jesus, the one who's behind these words is now reading these words publicly, um, which I, I think is just kind of cool. Uh, and these words too, like you pointed out, John, you know, sent here, but then also John the Baptist. So they're, they're sort of Jesus' mission statement, kind of this platform, okay? What is what is the Messiah about? What What's the Messiah doing here uh, on earth? And I think these words really do shed light on why Jesus has come. And it's about the good news, proclaiming the good news um, to everyone. Uh, and then uh, healing, restoring, um, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, ushering in the reign of God, uh, reversing the effects of sin by preaching the good news, by healing, restoring. You know, This is why Jesus has come uh, as Messiah, uh, as was prophesied seven centuries earlier.
0: And, and Matt, again, I, I think that's so important, uh, what you just said. That's a really uh, profound insight, because it's really easy to make Jesus into a new Moses And I'm sad to say, I think a lot of preachers do that. A lot of Mm -hmm. uh, even Christian uh, groups do that, where it becomes, oh, this is what Jesus did. No, this is what you need to do. In fact, I could hear a sermon that that would be the focus. Well, you know, Jesus went to synagogue every week, so you ought to go to church every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and again, uh, we're not denying that. That's true. Third commandment, that's what we should follow. Sad to say, Uh, uh, even when we go every week, sometimes we don't do it with our full heart. You know, we don't gladly hear and learn the word of God. Like it says in the catechism, we're just there biding our time. Uh, uh, but but yeah, no, the whole business of Jesus is to be preaching forgiveness and and uh, the the Lord's favor. Um, and and I yeah, I agree with you too. It it's cool to think that uh, since Paul tells us that every word of Scripture is the word of Jesus, he's actually just quoting himself, which I suppose is why he can say what he says about this particular prophecy in Isaiah. Do uh, you want to go ahead and read the next few verses there, Matt? Sure.
1: Uh, verse 20, 20. Uh, and he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing.
0: And and I, I'm thinking one of the beautiful things, again, because like I said, we were just seeing the whole custom of how worship was done, Right. Uh, of course, they didn't have a book to read from. They had scrolls, and so he he gives that back to the guy who keeps the scrolls, and then mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. then he preaches. Then he preaches, you know. Uh, and 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 I hope people understand that's the essence of worship. And we do a lot of things in worship. We we sing hymns. We have a liturgy, and, and none of that is bad. Okay, uh, but but none of it is is absolutely essential either. The, the essential things are number one, the scripture you can't really do a worship of God without his word. Uh, And then the second thing, of course, would be the proclamation of that scripture as, again, a a, a word of good news, as Jesus says. So what what did you do with these verses here, Matt?
1: Well, yeah, well, just first to affirm what you just said, John, you know, that that church is where the word is proclaimed. It was Luther, it might be in the Confessions, where the church is called the mouth house. (laughs) The mouth house. (laughs) This idea that this is, that's what it's about. It's about the spoken word and uh, the word spoken uh, in the, the reading of the, the scriptures, the sermon, but also, you know, in the sacraments too, right? And, and you know, the word connected to the, you know, the means of grace. But um, yeah, so this is important. And I, I think Jesus too, his sermon is kind of short and sweet here in verse 21. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Uh, but then he goes on and we haven't read that yet, but in the rest of his sermon, uh, he quotes and refers back to the old testament back to the hebrew scriptures so i think that's neat that even jesus as he speaks with authority his sermon is still rooted in the written word it's still rooted in the old testament scriptures and we'll see that in a little bit uh but you know i think that 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 informs our preaching too that yeah what we preach as you know pastors in the pulpit you know it's always rooted in in god's word it's not just about our opinions or you know what what our gripe for the week is, you know, our soapbox. No, it's it always goes back to the word.
0: And and now see. Now you you've you've hit me with an insight that I, I totally overlooked. That this verse today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's not the end of the sermon. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> He's just getting
1: started. <laughs> that's just
0: the beginning of the sermon. Uh, um and and i think we should also point out it, when it says there in in the english and he began to say uh the uh uh in, in the, the intent of that in the in the greek would be that this isn't the sum and substance of what he said uh and, well i t- take the, i'm sorry <laughs> i wish you could reach out and slap me like you used to in the old days <laughs> I, <laughs> I
1: miss those days too, John. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Knocks some sense into me. <laughs> no, that's exactly my point. He probably said a whole bunch of other things, uh, but but this was the summation of what he said, yes. which is today oh, yeah. the scripture has been fulfilled yeah. in your hearing. Oh, but yeah. but yeah, you're absolutely right. I never thought of it that way. No, there's more to the sermon, um, but it is awesome, isn't it? To think uh, that as soon as those words are spoken. Um, things that are happening i i don't know if people appreciate that when they go to church but when the pastor says you your sins are forgiven that very moment yes actually your sins are forgiven because that's the thing about the word of god the word of god isn't just a discussion the word of god actually changes things right god said let there be light and by golly there's light (laughs) okay yeah Yeah. And, and when the pastor says you are forgiven you literally are forgiven. When he says, this is the body, this is the blood, it literally is at that point in time, the body and blood of Jesus, of course, for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. Um,
1: exactly. Because, yeah, when we come to worship, you know, the word, it's not just in the sermon, in the service itself, it's not just for explanation. Yeah. It's for yeah. It's for proclamation. So... You know, it's not just explaining the scriptures. It's not just Bible study time. No Bible study is great. Don't get me wrong; that's good. Yeah. but but when we're when we preach, when we you know lead the worship, when we when we absolve in the absolution, it's not just explaining scripture. Okay, or giving exposition on what this means, as important as that is, uh, but it's it's actually proclaiming the word, and it's actually like you said, John, it is announcing forgiveness to people, and because of the power of the word, it it gives forgiveness uh, right then and there. Uh, and we see this here certainly with Jesus, too, uh, as he preaches with authority.
0: And, and the operative word there is fulfilled, fulfilled. Mm-hmm. See, uh, it's actually happening. It's actually being done. Yes. Now, 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 here's where the Spirit led me, because uh, I, okay. I, I had a different take than what you did. But where the Spirit led me was to see this in your hearing. Uh, and it's interesting when you read it in the original uh, words of Jesus in the Greek, he doesn't say in your hearing uh what he literally says is in your ears he he mentions oh, a cool. body part yeah. okay and i reflected on that i thought why would it say that uh, the the english is trying to make it understandable although i think we would have understood wouldn't we if they had simply said it has been fulfilled in your ears ears yeah um, yeah we could yeah but i thought well why did because see we would think if you're going to name a body part what, what would be the body part you would name if you want to talk about fulfillment where faith is going on. What body part would you mention? Sure.
1: you think, you know, your heart, your soul, your mind.
0: Yes, exactly. A deeper. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, that's probably a uh, heart is the word the Bible would use. We, like you say, we might talk yeah. about the brain, the mind. Yeah, um, but heart. But it dawned on I me. Mean, see, that's the problem with these people. And you're going to illustrate that when, when we get further into this and in the the rest of the sermon. Uh, but the problem is that the heart, there is no heart, in the, or not a heart that can receive faith. Um, and that's what people don't understand. I think everyone thinks we have something within us that if God is appealing enough, if he makes his argument well enough, then we'll receive it and mm, accept it. Yeah. Uh, but as you know from the Catechism, we believe that we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. Uh, yeah. So there is no heart here to receive these things. Uh, here's what the Old Testament says about our heart. It says that it, we have a a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. <laughs> That's what the Bible says about us. That
1: about sums it up. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, yep. and, and, of course, you know, Jesus, he, he talks about the heart, and he says it's out of the heart that comes all the evil, oh, right? Yeah. Adultery and, and anger and lust, and the list just goes on and on. But but here's the promise I want to share as we wrap up this episode. And then we're going to come back next week and hear the rest of the sermon, which I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by that. Uh, um, here's what he says he wants to do in Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart and yeah. a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Uh, but it's got to start by coming in the ears. It's got to start by coming in the ear. Uh, and then it comes in, and then it gives us a, a new heart, like the text says. Or, or Paul even talks about maybe a, a, a different heart completely. <laughs> a new creation is yeah. the language that Paul uses. Um, but that was where my focus was, that, yeah, we, we got to have this other heart. Uh, uh, and and uh, and that's going to be done by the Scripture that God reads to us. Although the, the issue we'll have to wrestle with also next week then, Matt, is why didn't it? Why didn't that work? Yeah. in these people why didn't they uh uh become believers um because if you want to read verse 22 real quick yeah
1: yeah definitely and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming out of his mouth so it
0: sounds like they like the sermon so far
1: so good john yeah Yeah, yeah, i know this is yeah for sure
0: so any last words matt
1: no, I, I just love that insight of the, the power of the word, John, uh, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ, right? And, and they are hearing the word of Christ from his lips, uh, but we too uh, hear that word of Christ no less today uh, through the preached word.
0: So next week, we'll hear the rest of the sermon. This has been
1: Wrestling, Wrestling with, with Basics.
0: Basics.